I am speaking to you at a moment of grave crisis. I'm Jeff Turner, and this is Recall. It's a series about history. Not the ancient past, but history that's still hot to the touch. In this first season, I explore a revolutionary political movement that brought a modern democracy to the brink. You can find Recall, How to Start a Revolution, on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Q. Today you're going to hear my conversation with Daniel McIver. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not entirely sure where to start telling you about Daniel McIver. I mean, I can start with the fact that he's from Cape Breton, um, like Nova Scotia. He's from Sydney. He's been a film actor for a while in a couple of things. You know, he's directed movies. He's been in TV shows. But Daniel McIver is on cue today because he is a legend of Canadian theater. In particular, these two shows. One is called Monster and the other is called Here Lies Henry. He created them both in partnership with the late director, Daniel Brooks. They're really, really hard to describe, and that's kind of the point. Daniel will explain them to you through telling you how hard they are to explain, uh, describe in our conversation. They're both on at the Factory Theatre in Toronto right now. This is where things get interesting. These shows became really well-known starring Daniel himself. One-man shows, he's the only person on stage. And right now, for the very first time that Daniel's ever seen, they're starring other actors. So for the first time, he's sitting in the audience watching someone else speak the words that made him who he is today. But there's a lot in this conversation today, even if theater's not really your thing. Like, how did Daniel McIver write a play without ever having seen a play? How did Daniel end up becoming best friends and collaborators with people who made work making fun of his work? And why does he think that theater in which people are performing is actually one of the more authentic ways that we can communicate with one another? This was a really surprising conversation and one that really stuck with me. And I think you're going to hear why. Here's my conversation with Daniel McIver. How are you? I'm good, Tom. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank, thanks for sitting through the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> it was painful, but fun. <laughs> painful, painful, but fun is the tagline for this show. So that, that works out very well for yeah. me. Uh, how, how have you been? Good, good. I'm spending a, a lot of my time in Cape Breton. So I'm back and forth. My, my sort of, I'm from Cape Breton and I'm, I'm living there a lot of the time. So I'm back and forth between Toronto and Cape Breton. So Toronto and Cape Breton, it's kind of the perfect mix. I'm very jealous of you. I'm trying to spend a little bit more time in St. John's and it uh, breaks my heart. We're in Cape Breton. In Sydney. Is that where you're from? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, David French, the great playwright, once said to me, and he, I don't know where he got this, but he said, Cape Bretoners were Newfoundlanders who ran out of money on their way to Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so weirdly accurate. It's something about it. There's something about a little big feeling about the Cape Bretoner and, uh, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I love it. I'm, I'm always curious as to people from our neck of the woods and how they end up getting in, into the arts. How did, where did theater enter your life out there? Yeah, you know, it's, I, yeah, it's um, not, a, not an arty family, like not, no. no music. What did your folks do? Uh, Mom was a waitress. Dad was a pipe fitter. Waitress? Um, where? At IRL Hotel. 35 years. Okay. 
um, uh, had a good, really good waitress. Like put me through put me through university on her tips. God love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did well. And uh, dad was a pipe fitter and a bit of a ne'er do well, known to police, but you know, good hearted fellow. Sure, I know the type. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, common type there. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, you know, it's a very, very strange. I had, um, I had, uh, uh, I, I started, I got an electric typewriter for my 16th birthday because of my, because I had a, a grade eight, I had an English teacher who, who started talking, mentioning, like I would do writing projects and, and he used the word talent, which is something that I hadn't, you know, I, brought, I was brought up in a Catholic home and you didn't use the word talent. That was basically, you know, that was a sin to be, you know, pride and all. So, um, uh, anyway. It, the teacher told you you had talent? Charlie Lawson, well, Charles Lawson, he wrote, you have talent on a, on a short story. Go away. And, uh, what did you make of that? Grade eight. I was, I was flabbergasted. I was, uh, and well, I was delighted too, because I, I loved writing. I, it was something I, I, I loved disappearing into that or, or whatever, whatever, however you describe that. But, um, uh, and so, and so as a result, I kind of, I, I started pr pr pursuing the idea of writing and what that was and, and, uh, didn't really see theater. That wasn't something that happened in Sydney and at that time. And, mm -hmm. Um, went to uh, Dalhousie uh, to uh, with the plan to go to King's and study journalism. That was the plan. Mm. But then I slipped and fell into the theater department, and th through a kind of series of strange coincidences, and then and uh, that was that. Did you feel at home there? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. Um, it was. Um, it was just one of those feelings. I, 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 I you know, I, I like. It wasn't going to be a job. It was going to be a way to live. That's what it felt like to me. It was a place, it's a way to live in the world. It felt like the, there was something about the theater being on stage that f felt incredibly true in terms of acknowledging the artifice of performing your life, you know, all that kind of stuff. There was this wonderful, um, I love the juxtaposition of the fakeness of it and the truth of it. It felt really, uh, it felt like a, a really good way to live. Why was that what was interesting to you about it? The idea that we all perform in our own lives and in the theater we're able to be honest about performance. Well, grow, I mean, I grew up in a, in a, a pretty, you know, dad was an alcoholic and there was shame. And, you know, you kind of played around. There was a lot of performance around that just in the house yeah, and outside. And so you got a sense that the story you were telling was not always the story that you were living. So I, got, I became really conscious very young that there was a kind of performance at play, that we're, we were playing something. And then in the theater, Theater, there was an acknowledgement of that, but the, but what they were asking you to do in the theater, from my understanding, was to stand deeply in the truth of a moment, and yet it was entirely artificial. But yet there was so there was this wonderful balance between trying to be as authentic and true as you possibly could, but so art artificial, like like a bank of seats facing a stage, and you know it was it was this. It seemed like the perfect. Uh, um, Juxta juxtaposition, maybe perfect juxtaposition, and 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 sort of the the expression of being that felt as like it felt like a real, it felt like something that I could get involved with and say something important with it. Here's a here's a weird thing I've never said it to anyone before. I read your master's thesis to get ready for this interview. Um, I wow. We wow. didn't read the whole thing. No, well, good, but yes, which was called showing off. And in it, you'd say there's a line in it that stuck out to me. If, if really, the thing that sticks out to me is like you wrote a play before you knew what writing a play was, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. What does that mean? 
Um, I'd never seen a play. I wrote a play. So, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. You'd never seen a play, I, and you wrote a play. I'd never seen a play. I wrote a play because I think I understood there was a sense of we were. There was di- it was all dialogue, right? It's all you know. It wasn't me that said all the world's a stage, uh, but uh, but it, I think he was correct. Himself. Himself. Oh. I often think that the, the other kind of, the other ancient book of spells and curses that people use to run things by, I think if they replaced it with the complete works of Shakespeare, we might be doing a lot better. What were you, what were you writing about and showing off? Oh, I was, I, um, I had written a very, uh, I was writing about, um, um, I had, think I had read about Ubu Roy, this absurdist play, and I was trying to do a version of that. Um, uh, and then I, uh, then I started writing. I got involved. I didn't go into creative writing. I went into performance. And so I was, I, then I started writing things so I could get on stage. So I was, started writing for myself. Um, and my fir- the first play I wrote, I wrote with someone, Amy House, who you may know. Yeah, from Newfoundland. Yeah. yeah. So I met her at Dalhousie. We were both in, in the, the theater program, and, she, and she's, a go- she's a goer. And uh, <laughs> so she was, she was like, you're a writer? Let's ri- write me a part. So, yeah. like, so we, we wrote this play together for, for us to play together. And the wonderful John Dunsworth directed us from... Uh, Known famously for Trailer Park. The late, the late John Dunsworth. Yeah, known, beautiful yeah, John. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear, I mean, I only knew him as Leahy. Oh, from, and then after he passes, I find out like what a um, totemic figure he was <laughs> yeah. in the East Coast theater yeah, amazing, community. Amazing, amazing. And, like, and also a teetotaler, like, you know, but playing Leahy. And, like, he was just a fascinating fellow. I yeah. find what fascinating about the story you're telling me so far is that the, the theater that you're interested in is not, and I mean no no disrespect to, to the, this work because I'm, I'm very interested in it, but you were into, you, you weren't into like, you know, uh, vignettes of East Coast life. You were into absurdist and Dadaist theater out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I mean, I, 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 you know, you, you get there's enough of that. That's not to say that's bad. <laughs> no, but there's no. lots of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I did. You know, I have ventured into that. Like, certainly, Marion Bridge was a play that is that. I mean, it, it plays with, uh, it plays with some of those conventions, but it it plays into them as well. But that was basically my my that was because my mother said. Could you write something I could see? And I was like, what would that be? It's just something on the lives of the saints. And I'm like, yeah, no, but uh, I'll give you something. So I did, you know, I gave her this. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about these these plays. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the story. Well, let's just talk a little bit about Monster. Give me the give me the origins of, of Monster here. So the thing with the these the solo shows, they were they were created by me and my partner Daniel Brooks, who was my creative partner and a director. And where did you meet? Um, we met um, at, uh, I had done a play at the Tarragon, which was a kind of a, I was trying to do a, like a kind of cro- cross between David French and Judith Thompson. So it was this kitchen sink nightmare thing that, and it was just did not go well. And, um, um, and it was called Somewhere I Never Traveled. And um, uh, Daniel and his, uh, right, his little team of people, Don McKellar and Tracy Wright, uh, saw the play, and then they ended up making this fringe show, uh, which was mocking a, such this kind of a play. Well, th- th- there's an argument that it wasn't really mocking the like play. Like mocking your play? Mocking your the, kind of play? My play was called so- Somewhere I've Never Traveled, and the play that they were, the knit play inside the play that they mocked was called Sometime Come Often, which... I don't know. It's not. It's a little science. similar. It's I a little can close. see. Yeah, yeah. Daniel always maintained that. No, no, no. It was a genre thing. But anyway, um, so <laughs> I great and, start to a friendship. Yeah, yeah. Way. And yeah. I, we, I went to see it with my friend Caroline Gillis, who was in that play that was 
the, the subject of the mocking. And we kind of met, all met together, Don and Tracy and Daniel and Carol and I kind of had this sort of high noon standing. <laughs> I feel like they were, in my mind, there were tumbleweeds and someone was going to pull, a, you know, it was going to, someone was going to draw. And then it, it was like this sort of thing happened and everybody just became great friends and that's how we met. And, and, and you and Daniel, I mean, it, it became a pretty important partnership. Yeah. Right from the get-go, yeah. it seems. Yeah, because, 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 because he, it was we didn't sit down and say let's let's make a show about such and such. It was like let's make a show and let's see what our obsessions are. Let's see what's happening. What do we need to talk about? And so he would, I would just start talking, and 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 then it would often there, and often there'd be an idea, like a title, and a theme would be contained in the title. Can we use, so I'm I'm not a playwright, as you can probably tell from my plaid shirt. You know, does, uh, does this look like a playwright? I'm, I'm almost wore that shirt today, so hey. Oh, yeah, okay, could, okay, not could. too bad. I feel yeah. like this is pure folk musician right here. You know, I feel like this, I, is, this it, is an Ash Wednesday on my forehead that no, says no, folk musician. No, no, you could be, you could be a playwright. Okay, I'll yeah. take it, but I'm okay. not. Okay, um, and I don't have much of a. I mean, ask Alan Hawko, a, a mutual friend of ours. I don't. My my my. Um, I'm always asking him what I think are pretty dumb questions about the theater, but he's always very very giving about it. Um, Let's use Monster as an example for what you were telling me, that you said you and Daniel wouldn't sit down and, and write, we want to write a play about blah, we would have an idea, and you were telling me this before we turned the microphone on, um, through the process of the writing is, becomes what the show. Can we use Monster as an example? Yes, okay. yes. So, so Monster, I mean, Monster was a name that was there for us at the beginning, and um, um, and uh um, we knew we wanted to deal with monstrousness in some way, something about that. Um, mon- uh, and and uh, so then we went and got, we went, we had, which we often did, second thing we do is we sort of develop a poster. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, like an image. What's an image? Okay. How, how, because we, you know, Daniel always maintained the play begins when you see the poster or the press release goes out. That's when the play starts. So those are important things to start thinking about in the beginning. So we had a poster, we went, uh, Gunter Kravis is a, a Toronto photographer that I've worked with for decades. And so we went to his studio and he did a bunch of pictures and we found this image of my, anyway, he created this image of a a portrait of me that was quite scary. And that became so, okay, it was something to do with uh, human monstrousness. And we knew that. So, and then, so we started looking at one of the things that came up really early was like as represented by film uh, because that's that's where horror and that's sort of how it enters our, our there's we're not really doing monsters enter our world through frankenstein yeah yes through, yeah, right of course. And, and, Frankenstein's and, monster, and yeah. currently and mostly through film so yeah. that was it became central and then um and we struggled for a while to kind of put it all together and then his partner was um was uh, pregnant with their second child, and I had to go to Nova Scotia to to do the show, and we didn't quite have it yet. And he decided he was going to stay uh, at, with her um, while she had the baby, which I found was n- not correct because he needed to come with me while we had our baby. <laughs> and uh, um, so I I was so angry about this that I actually made this uh, character in utero as the sort of central villain, uh, which didn't happen until after. Uh, we were very late in the process, but it was a reaction to what was happening in our process, um, and that and I, that that character, that that real life character, Kate, became my goddaughter. So um, she saw the show with me the other day. She was she loved it. And you were you were going? That's you, right? Yeah, there, that's you. you. <laughs> if it wasn't for you, that wouldn't be there. So so that is kind of that's to say that we anything that happens during the process is part of is potentially part of what ends up being the thing. Um, in the end, there's lots of ideas. 
in it, but we don't start with an idea. We start with a, a, an attempt to find some moment that's true. Is that, um, uh, I can't think of a better word than this, proprietary? I don't have a much knowledge of the, of the history of, of, of theater. Um, is, that, is, is that normal, what you're telling me, the, the way that you go? No. no. No, no, no. Normally, it's it's it normally um, uh, it's 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 a, it's a pro, you write a you kind of write a script in isolation, and then you get somebody interested in yeah story take, take A, it. B, and C, yeah. and then there's conflict, and, and then there's the resolution here. And there and are then, people you know. out there who will tell you that this is how you do that. Yeah, and you can make a thing that way. Yeah, but the, the things the thing that the things that always that interest me and interested us are things that feel like they can only happen now and they can only happen here. Um, uh, I've written plays like the yeah, other way, of course, and and uh, had you know enjoyed that too. But but the, but to me, the real meat of theater is is the is the thing that can't happen anywhere else, and it can only be here. And it and there's something so delightful and a little scary about that. What did you make of the of the success of it? I saw you shy away from the S word just then when you said. I think you were saying something like, yeah, yeah, "I had a little yeah. bit of." And I saw. Uh, we yeah. felt. I felt there's there's an East Coast oh, yeah. mind meld yeah. happening where I'm like, I'm afraid yeah, of that word. Yeah, too. you're good. You're good. Uh, what if, what is the? Um, uh, and I'm not Doctor Phil here, but like, what did you make of the success of it? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I I'm still. Um, for us, it's all. It's it, we just did. We were just doing what we were doing, and and and. Um, uh, but it, it struck a chord for people, and we toured it for a long, long time. All of, we went all over the world, and um, I, f I feel like I think that what I made of people's a, 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 a sort of a, a, a sort of response to a positive response to it that 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 that, that was that that we're hungry for connection. You know, we're hungry for something to really be happening. Um, and, and that's what these shows, Monster and Henry, both are about trying to make something happen here. Acknowledging the fact that there's, we're on a stage, we're in a room, you're here. Um, uh, and and breaking down that. Um, I think that's I've been ta I've talked to people recently about this, and then that there's something that's almost like that. This kind of work in the theater is a little bit closer to like reading a novel than seeing a movie. It's it's a it's a very it's something personal about your relationship to the experience of it. Yeah, you're you're making your own connections. You're, you're not being told what it's about. Yeah, um, you're being it, it is. But the thing is, it was always important to us that it, it's not absurdist. It is about something. It's just that we take a really long time to tell you. How about the other? How about the other work? How about Here Lies Henry? Here Lies Henry, similar, very, very, made in a very similar way. Um, started that, um, developed that uh, out at in at Festival Anagadish in Nova Scotia. Yeah, um, in a little tiny space there, and and that was a long, long development. Similarly, um, playing with um, uh, lying, what was kind of Here Lies Henry was the title. Uh, lying and death were the two kind of things, okay. that, themes that we started with, and. Uh, um, uh, that, you know, and that was, that was, um, like 91 and, and I was in, you know, in my own life as a, as a, as a gay man in 91, that was like death was everywhere. And it was, so there was a lot of, that was kind of feeding, of course, a, a really feeding, um, my thinking there and for Daniel too, we were also, we were surrounded by it, but, um, so that that was the death thing was really important to talk about what that was and and the, and the lying thing and then but then but then the other thing is because I'm doing it I'm uh, uh, for both of them really the other one as monster as dark as it was at the end 
you know, I'm a Cape Bretoner. I'm a clown, right? That's, you know, you know, I mean, that's what, so there's, it's gotta be funny. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to ask you to leave your house if you're not going to give you a laugh. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, fair fair, fair enough. Yeah, fair you know, enough. Yeah. There's, like, there's, there's an old school vaudevillian this to us out yeah, there. Yeah, right? that's it's, mean. Yeah. Like, don't, you know, yeah. no, not a laugh. It did feel like there was something, uh, uh, and this is sort of my, I, I'm, I'm sort of tempering my um, relationship with this concept as I learn more. Um, but it, there, there is something – something did feel – something potentially autobiographical in Here Lies Henry, uh, uh, a coming out story, uh, a parent with addiction. Oh, always, always, always. You know I, what I mean? Always, always, always. So it's always – there's only – you know, I mean – there's invention and there, you know, but there's all, there's invention and imagination, but you know, um, you know, it's all lived experience, right? I mean, it's all, it's all, um, and, and, and only, and it's only, and I feel like it's valuable to share, you know, that stuff. I, like certainly addiction has been played central to mostly everything um, that I've done. It's been somewhere in there, mixed in there. I come from a long, 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 long line of yeah. my grand, my grandfather was a bootlegger and a moonshiner. Like oh my God. I, it's really, yeah. In Cape Breton. Yeah. Yeah. He made his money running rum. Wow. Yeah. 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 So you, you come from a long line, yeah, of, long of, line of, of, of drinking, drinking. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sober. I've been sober for 13, 14 years. Okay. Um, I guess congratulations. Is yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 uh, um, uh, it's, it's a, a good thing to do. It was a good thing to do. You know, I often say, say to people, I don't have a problem with people drinking. It's fine. But I tell people, you know, when you're born, you get a certain number of drinks and some people spread it out over their whole life <laughs> and some people get that done quick. And I did mine fast. Um, I, I got to, um, talk to Daniel. Ah, like, I mean, Lee's how long before he passed? Like a few months? For the seagull? Yeah. Which was stun stunning, yeah. Like six months before? Yeah, and, yeah. And we talked about the fact that he was going to die. Sure, sure, yeah. But I can't, I can't get it out of my mind that we had this really kind of candid conversation uh -huh. about, I'll never forget it as long as I live. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I, he, I had started, uh, I sort of played inside this uh, uh, meditation um, practice called Vipassana. I do that one. Oh, yeah. So, mm -hmm. and so I kind of got him into that. I went on a retreat, one of the 10 days mm -hmm. and uh, silent retreats. And so he got, he went and he, he went and he, he went, he did it in India. Um, so he got very involved in that, um, which was incredibly helpful. Like he, at the, at the end he was saying, uh, <laughs> At the end, he was sort of saying that he was meditating 24-7 by mm -hmm. that point, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, when you, and that's what's so great is that you understand that you don't need to sit to, to practice. I mean, it, I can only imagine that it must be an emotional thing to be revisiting these two works that we're here to talk about today with him, with him gone. Like, yeah. You have to put a fine point on it. But, right. You know. And I'm also, you know, uh, currently in, I just came from, we're rehearsing uh, a new work with, that, I, that his daughter, Kate, is dramaturging. Wow. That we're doing a reading of just a, a sort of in-house in kind of reading um, about, it's, a, it's, it's called Your Show Here, and it's about doing a show without him. So there's a, you know. A, yeah, and he came to you in a dream and gave you the he title? Did. He did. What's, what's that story? Yes, he came to me in a dream and gave you the title. Um, uh, he, he, I was in a, I was on a stage. Um, at, at, often I have these dreams. I'm on a stage and I'm trying to do a show and there's a big audience and I can't do, I can't remember it. And they, and then people are walking out and it's awful. And he was there and I, I knew, he knew what I was supposed to do. So I'm like, man, you gotta, what am I supposed to do? And he, and he said, your show here. And I woke up and I thought, that's the title. And of course, after I thought, what kind of title is that? But anyway, that's the title. But um, 
so so it does feel it does even though I'm working with Mel Haig and uh, as the director who runs Factory and um, and and Kate as the dramaturge, it does feel like our eighth show. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love those kind of dreams when you when you lose somebody and they show up. Yeah. People think it's going to be sad, but I always really like to see him again. Yeah, he's doing fine. <laughs> yeah, I just heard the he's... full. I heard the full Cape Breton come out of you right there. Oh, he's doing fine. <laughs> yeah, he's doing fine. God love him. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, both Daniel's remembrance and, and sort of feeling the presence of his friend Daniel Brooks, but also isn't it beautiful to hear Daniel's, as, as someone who's lived in Toronto for a really long time, it's just nice to hear your accent slip out every now and then. That is a playwright, actor, and director, Daniel McIver, talking about the late director, Daniel Brooks, his creative director and close friend. Coming up, Daniel will tell you about what it's been like to hand the reins of his plays to other actors after starring in them himself for decades. That's after this on Q. favorite one-hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that tv show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon now what if we could fix it i'm francesca ramsey and i'm delon grant and after 20 years of friendship we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called let me fix it each episode we'll dig into our favorite celebrities shows and brands of yesteryear and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today think of our show as an intervention but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. You're in the middle of my conversation with Daniel McIver. Daniel McIver is an actor, director, and playwright from Cape Breton, considered to be a bit of a legend in modern Canadian theater. Daniel's known for a lot of work, but in particular, two plays. The first one is Here Lies Henry, and the second one is Monster. And these are plays that Daniel himself starred in since the 1990s and took them all over the world. So these plays are currently being staged at the Factory Theater in Toronto, and Daniel's not in them, meaning that for the very first time, Daniel's sitting in the audience watching other actors do the work that made him who he is today. I wanted to know what he says to them. I wanted to know what the conversations are like with the people who are taking this work on. Take a listen. Talk to me. So for for people who don't know, these two shows we've been talking about here, Lies Henry and Monster, they've been you. You've been the one on stage This the for, for all of these. How uh, you have had to watch yourself. I saw me. <laughs> That, that's that's for passing it right there, man. I saw I saw myself. You uh, you you watched. What were the actors' names? Da- Damian Atkins. Damian Atkins and, and Carl Henry Ang. and Carl Ang and Monster. Uh, well, let me ask first things first. When they're going to take on these roles that you have done forever, do they sit down and ask you a few questions about we, it? We sat. I did little workshops with the directors and and um, before you know um, did, went through the script. Did, we did. We decided that we didn't want it to. to be, they wanted to be located today. Um, so um, I, I did adjustments, just sort of popular culture references and stuff. And then, and then I sat with, I, I, I had spent time with both Damien and Carl in, independently. And, and um, you know, my, I was just, I wanted to help them own the show. They, they just had, I just, I, I, I was trying to impress upon them that it, that it wasn't about honoring a text. It was about finding your way 
into this for yourself, which I, which they both have done beautifully. Um, uh, and it, watching them, uh, was a bit, a little dissociative in the, like it was, I was so familiar to me, but yet not. And, um, um, but, but, you know, it, it, like I've, and I told them that really the text is a map toward performance and, and they both have found, they both have found their own. They both have found, brought themselves into it in a, in beautiful ways. They both have, um, they both have talked about you as, um, an inspiration inspirational figure to them how's that for you um yeah that's the most east coast answer to that question i've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> well all right okay you know i yeah, don't know yeah. like i'm not the best you know as i i was watching i was like you know i don't want to i'm not going to go this far but i recently i saw Cher on a clip on the graham norton show and asking her but does she see her own stuff and she says i'm not really a Cher fan um <laughs> i'm not gonna go that far i wouldn't say i'm not a fan but i i don't know i i it's you know it's all I struggle with the movie business a bit because it's so it's not as I like the temporalness of it like I like that it doesn't last and so you like that theater doesn't last yeah, yeah I like, like that, that part. The, well that's what you told me that's what drew you to the the very big, very beginning an exploration of this one yeah one the moment truth of this one and the artificiality of this one moment gone. that's going to go yeah. yeah so I I find that there's something for me watching for me engaging with that sh- with those shows. It's, I can't help but be back in a time of doing it, right? It's really hard for me to be in the moment of them because I'm, it's, they're, they're, they're so ingrained in not only my life, but the, how Daniel and I made them, you know. What, what, what advice did you give them? Um, I, 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 can't, I was, don't, don't, uh, <laughs> you know, don't be too, don't honor it too much. Like, don't honor, don't worry about honoring the text. Like, don't, I mean, Say all the words, but don't, they're not, it's not a holy thing, the text. The text is a tool. So I think that was, and, and also I think I, I, they both have a very particular, they vibrate at different but similarly intense energies. And I said, that's, the re, that's bring that, like bring your full mania or whatever you might be experiencing to it. Um, um, it's not like playing a character as much as it is finding it within yourself. Yeah, I, um, I, I was texting um, Alan Hocko this morning. Oh, bless him. Great Newfoundland actor uh, and a, a friend of yours. Yes. And I, I said, you know, I, w- I was planning on talking to you a little bit about your, your, your influence on, on actors in Canada. And he said, oh, yeah, you know, incredible influence on me, really important guy to me. And I said, why don't you write me a little something and I'll, I'll, I'm going to read it to him. Oh dear! Nothing too, nothing too specific. Okay, okay. Yeah, I can, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll read it. I met Daniel at a time in my young career where I was likely at my most vulnerable, and to meet him and work with him at such a pivotal time was just one of the things I can chalk up to extremely good luck. Daniel was so supportive of me and who I was as a person and as an artist when he had no reason to do so. It must strike me as your help of him. Like, you know, that that seems to be an important thing for you to be able to help out. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I like I, I tell young actors who are going on stage, like, all you have to do before you walk on stage is take a breath and say, I am alive and step on. And I mean, of course, you have to do all that preparation. And yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, of yeah. course, of course. But but when you can only bring up, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are actors who would play, you know, deep character stuff. And, you know, but I, I do think, there's lots of different ways of doing it, but for me, the most powerful thing is when I'm 
when you're giving me you. Yeah. It reminds me of this this thing that um, I was watching this documentary called The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a yeah, great yeah. documentary Judd yeah. Apatow did. Beautiful. The thing that, because I find this job really hard because it's like a performance of a conversation, but it's still, I want it to feel like an authentic conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have to forget that it's a performance, you yeah. know? And, yeah. It's, 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 it's. Fun. But that's his Vipassana. Like that's, I mean. Yeah. It, it, what isn't? Yeah. Fair, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, and I think, and that's the, that's the thing about the acknowledging the artifice of it all brings us to true, to the true moment. Right? Oh, that's that's well put. That <laughs> helps me. But that crystallizes the thing that I've been trying to put words on. I I I, I think it's where you can have the truest conversation. Mm-hmm. Because of the because it's you're d- desperately trying to make a connection inside the artifice. Well, l- let me let me ask this as a big old question for you at the end of it. Oh boy, it's not math, but um, you've already had a pretty huge career, a lot of different versions of success, and it's clear that uh, theater and acting have really shaped your life, and and I guess vice versa. If you had to sum it up, what's the what's the greatest gift that theater's given you? People, like. Um, to, so uh, people not to be afraid of people. I think I was afraid of people. You afraid of people? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Trust, trusting people. I don't know. I think I would say that the greatest gift that theater has given me is to uh, is the is the relationships that I've been, I've been able to develop inside them, and they're and they're so intense and so and so kind of weirdly intense and fleeting. Yeah, and and yet you, you know you, it's that thing where you reconnect with someone that you've been worked with, and it's like you it's family. It's a kind of I guess there that that's probably the better answer. It's given me a family. I'm I'm so glad to have gotten the chance to talk to you. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, I feel like I'll know how much I'm affected by that Daniel McIver interview, like in a year from now. Like I don't feel like I've ever. I don't know. I don't like. I talk about myself all the time in the show, you know. And and and, but that's a real struggle, I, you know. Like when you have a quest for authenticity in your life, and you have a performative version of a conversation for a living, that's that messes you up. And what Daniel said to me at the end of that of our of our chat about that, I don't know. I feel like he really helped me out. Can I be honest with you? I feel like he really. Yeah, I feel like he really helped me out. And I don't. That's not the point of this show. The point of the show is not to help me out, but he he really helped me out. Um, thanks so much to Daniel. The other episode we have up today, big Nova Scotia show today, another Nova Scotia artist, Amanda Peters. Her book, The Berry Pickers, is the, uh, I mean, it's one of the most talked about Canadian books of the year. And it all came from a conversation she had with her father around berry picking in Maine. So go check that out. We'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.